Welcome to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. This show is heard on WBCQ, The Planet, every Monday and Friday evening, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also pick it up on Podomatic. That's our flagship uh, platform, Amazon, Spotify, iHeart, and a whole bunch of others. Brought to you by Camp Constitution, which, among other things, runs a week-long family camp. And our camp is coming up in six days. We are just about sold out. <clears throat> we have room for some unaccompanied adults and unaccompanied uh, my uh, teenagers. Uh, now, if you come as a family, we'll have to split you up. So we can't put you on your, on your, in your own room. <clears throat> to learn more about... Camp Constitution, visit our website, campconstitution.net. And when you visit the website, look at all of the other things we have to offer, weekend family retreats. Check out our schedule, um, our Google calendar, and see all the different events. We're actually going to be hosting uh, a speaker this fall, um, Charles Van Week. He is the author of Shooting Back, and I think there's a second book he authored. <clears throat> and I got I had the pleasure of meeting him a few years ago at a conference in Pennsylvania. And Charles was the man who was he was in a church in South Africa, and some communists with AKs came in to kill everybody in the church. He was the only one I understand that was armed. He had a 38 snub nose uh, revolver against AKs. So they killed about 11 people, wounded a whole bunch. He returned fire, and they must have thought that everybody was, or was a lot of armed people because they ran. And I can't say they were very good at what they did because thank God they weren't. They did enough damage, but you would think they would have um, covered every entrance way which they didn't. They only went to the front. So Charles was able to sort of go to this, one of the side doors, as I understand it, and he was going to outflank them, and they were already hightailing it out of there. Believe it or not, they arrested these communists. I guess it wasn't authorized by the Mandela government, um, <clears throat> even though he probably, um, you know, he encouraged violence against Christians and against white people in South Africa. That's what he did for a good chunk of his life. He, Mandela was uh, an out-and-out communist. He made no... It's interesting that he never hid it. It was the American media that hid it. Do you think he was a, the second coming of Jesus Christ? All of the media was just uncanny. Uh, there was a picture of him that was... Uh, you can actually go on... Even today, you can find it on Google... Uh, he's got his clenched fist. He's with uh, Joe, who was the head of the Communist Party in South Africa. And behind him is a Soviet flag. So it's not like he tried to hide it. But it was the American media and the, the media in the West that had a, has a long-time love affair with communists. That love affair, though, has sort of uh, waned a little bit when it, came, when it comes to Russia. For years, the, the left loved the Soviet Union. Bernie Sanders and his uh, new bride honeymooned in the Soviet Union in the 1980s. You can find videos of him. In fact, we <clears throat> have a video of Bernie Sanders um, drunk with a shirtless Bernie Sanders with a bunch of Soviet KGB agents singing stupid folk songs. And uh, they must have think, boy, this guy is such an idiot. They, I mean, you talk about a useful idiot. But I don't know if he's uh, such an idiot. I think he knows what he's doing. He's a 
communist, convinced communist. Uh, he once said that he was proud. The only time he ever said he was proud to be American, he was at uh, Mount Rushmore. Of course, Mount Rushmore now is a symbol of racism and they <clears throat> stolen from the Indians and all this kind of stuff. That's uh, that's the take now. But uh, but that's the thing about a leftist. They can turn on a dime and never have to explain their turn. You know, like, for example, Obama said he was not in favor of uh uh, so-called same-sex marriage, and he just turned on a dime. You know he was, but he said that because he figured, man, this might not get me some votes if I say this. Biden is another one. Uh, he voted for the Defense of Marriage Act. Now, this was at the federal level. Uh, you really, Congress cannot make a law defining what marriage is, but they can acknowledge heterosexual marriage when it comes to tax returns and benefits for people who work for the federal government. So in that regard, they say this is what a male and female. And of course, he defended that in 2006. He came out and said um, that he was in, um, he was against an amendment for uh, um, male, uh, male and female marriage, traditional marriage. He said, because we passed a law. Because he knew you can pass, you can repeal laws a whole lot easier than you can repeal amendments. Um, so I'm digressing a little bit, but Ch Charles Van Week, we're in the process of um, scheduling some speaking engagements. We have him coming in, uh, it'll be that September, I think it's 17th, that week of the 17th, around Constitution Day, too, 17th, 18th. He'll be speaking in Lexington, Massachusetts, and then we'll have him in New Hampshire, and then we'll have him in Maine. So I've already got one one event already scheduled on the calendar uh, or uh, on the calendar week, 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 week. And um, if you're listening to this and you're interested in hosting him, he, he may be available before or after. Uh, you can contact him directly. He emailed me <clears throat> oh, about a month and a half ago and he mailed out. He, I was on his email list. He didn't meet, email me specifically, but he said that he's going to be on the speaking. Uh, he'd like to get some engagements. He's speaking to at an event in Pennsylvania, and so he'd like. To, so, I just said, "Hey, I'll take you uh, before, after, in between, whatever engagements you have." So we're looking forward to it. He's a he's a great he's a great Christian man too. He actually <clears throat> prayed with the uh, the people they captured them to put him in jail. He prayed with them, and uh, one of the men said, uh, "We were supposed to kill every man, woman, and child in that church." That's that's the problem with you know communism. It's just about hatred. You imagine having that much hatred in your heart that you just kill innocent children. Imagine you know, just kill anybody. That's that's communism, folks. That's why I say it's why is it that's it's so popular. You see, in this country, in the United States of America, you see people that they don't call themselves communists in the strict sense. They don't have cards that say they're a member of the Communist Party, but their worldview is communist. It's interesting. Um, I live in a pretty conservative town, but um, last year there was a little group of uh, lefties in. Uh, they probably not just in this town, but they they're at a at a Rotary. They didn't like the fact the Supreme Court uh, repealed the Roe v. Wade decision. Oh, it's terrible! And one guy had a sign that said, uh, "Real men support choice." No, real men do don't allow them don't allow women to kill your baby that's what a real man does you stand up you know and it's not a real man if you do that so they're 
uh, one of the signs, I, and they haven't been out in a while, and I was going to say something, you know, even have a little course of action, but I, 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 w- I had a busy day, and I really couldn't pull over and, uh, and do anything. I, w- I do have some signs uh, that we've made up. It says, um, fight racism, defund Planned Parenthood. Oh, they don't like that. But So one of the signs referred to uh, that the Supreme Court is now, allow- now allowing um, discrimination, race-based discrimination. And it's just the opposite. And that's what's so ironic about these leftists. There's just no sense. There's no logic. It's just emotion. No. The, back the, the Civil Rights Act, which was passed in 65. And by the way, the United States Cong- uh, government so protect God-given rights, not grant civil rights. And when it was passed, uh, Barry Goldwater said that this, he said something to the effect that this will lead to a uh, front well, already uh, set aside or, or preference, minority preference, preferences for blacks. And there was a senator, a lefty senator, I forget his name, but he said, if that's, if that's in this bill, I'll eat my hat. Well, he never ate his hat, but he should have, because in the wake of that, businesses, government entities passed uh, minority set-aside programs, minority preferences, uh, if you have a government contract uh, in the city, you say if it's 20% black, your workforce has to be 20% black. You take a civil service exam where it was a firefighter or a cop, automatically, if you're black or Hispanic, you got so many extra points. Now, there was a Supreme Court decision in the 1970s dealing with admissions. Of a white man was denied admission, B-A-L-K-E, I think, um, he won his case. But you see, even when you win cases, it doesn't mean that everybody, it, it, it's still, you know, many, many cases it's ignored. You know, the decision is, doesn't, the decision doesn't become law and it's ignored. Uh, and with this, the, the tragedy about something, they, they call the term affirmative action. The left is incredible with it's how they, how they twist and turn the words we use. Uh, voc- affirmative action it's nothing more than what we used to be, we call it reverse discrimination. Yes, blacks were discriminated for a long time. Not a good thing, very bad. So what happens, you just stop doing it. You don't discriminate based on race anymore. But say, oh, no, no, that's not good enough. Now we have to make up for all the discrimination that was done all these years. So now we're going to have to give them special privileges to make up. Well, so if I'm going for a job in a certain place or I want to get promoted, well, you can't get promoted. You're not black. You know, well, I didn't discriminate against anybody. Why should I suffer? Oh, it don't matter. And that causes bitterness. That, that doesn't help end racism. And I think it encourages racism. It also doesn't help. Uh, so you're a black person and you get a job and you might be the best person at that job. It doesn't matter because you're going to get people Black and white people say, oh, you just got this job because you're black, not because you're qualified. Uh, so it, it's just a bad thing. And, I'm, and the Supreme Court, after years, the left, the Supreme Court was in the hands of the left for generations. And they wreaked havoc. They, they, uh, they, they, they did a lot of unconstitutional things. And the Supreme Court, by the way, doesn't have the power to overturn a state law, but they do. And the only way to enforce a Supreme Court decision is with the Attorney General. And do you think the Attorney and the Biden administration is going to uh, enforce anything? Yeah, not likely. Um, and by the way, again, a Supreme Court decision is not law. It just says that whatever action you're doing is unconstitutional. Do it, do it, do it, do it, do it. 
Now, we would have benefits of a Supreme Court decision that said the city of Boston violated our First Amendment rights and that their their flag, their flag uh, policy was, uh, was illegal and they had to pay legal fees, $2.1 million. Uh, <clears throat> but the, and of course, if it's a city, it, it's taxpayers' money. So all the people who live in Boston and pay property taxes and other taxes uh, had to pay for that. The mayor of Boston could care less. Uh, and the uh, city council didn't come out of their pockets. If they did, it would be a little different. So it's just it's just how hypocritical they are. You know, and here are these the all white people, of course. Every one of them is a white person. And uh, and the, the black population in New Hampshire is less than 2%. So it's not like they're going to really worry too much about uh, discrimination. But they, it's just all this um, virtue signaling. It's really pathetic and disgusting. It's like back in, uh, in the wake of the... Um, uh, the George Floyd uh, death, we saw these Black Lives Matter uh, banner uh, uh, yard signs. At the time, I lived in West Roxbury, and you, know, you saw your share of them. It wasn't like every other house, but there was more than a, more than a few. And the town of Milton, Massachusetts. Now, Milton is a relatively wealthy town, and part of Milton abuts the Mattapan and Dorchester sections of Boston. And I would drive through that area, and it seemed like every other house on this particular road, and just a stone's throw away, would be uh, Mattapan, which is predominantly black, like 85, 90% black. So you see all these Black Lives Matter signs. On the same road, there used to be a playground, and the playground had basketball nets, and uh, they actually took them down. Why? Because the black kids would come in to use the court. They, They didn't want the black kids, so they didn't say this officially, so they ended up getting rid of the basketball court altogether. But they put Black Lives Matter signs everywhere. But if you want to cross the street into Mattapan, you drive around in the predominantly black sections, and you might find one Black Lives Matter sign. So people in the black community didn't really buy into this organization called Black Lives Matter. But all these uh, white leftists did. I had a friend who was in the uh, uh, insurance business. He said, oh, no, that's just part of the insurance uh, with the hope that, uh, you know, the rioters will not burn their house down. Although it really doesn't matter. You can, uh, there was a, uh, an incident, I think it was in Seattle, or maybe it was Portland, and uh, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa were going around burning and looting. And this white guy had a Biden sign on his lawn, and he had a, a Black Lives Matter sign, and they still uh, harassed him and did some damage to his property. He said, hey, stupid whitey, we don't we don't care what you say. <laughs> You're a whitey. We're going to come after you anyway, you know, just so, because we can. And guess what? You're still going to support us. We're going to beat you up. We're going to burn your house down. And you'll still support us. That's how stupid and ridiculous these people are. So I want to, um, so, yeah, so in the Constitution, article, uh, Section 3, that concerns the, uh, the court system. And I recommend that you read that. And I've discussed this, of course, over the years. Uh, do you know the Congress can actually pass a law? and deny jurisdiction to Supreme Court. Oh, yeah, they can do that. They do it very rarely. And even, see, the left knows the Constitution. It's like the devil knows the Bible. The left knows the Constitution, and they can use it uh, when, they, when, when it benefits them. And they're very good at it. I think they passed, they passed um, you know, back in the 30s, they passed all of these labor laws. And uh, labor laws don't go to the Supreme Court. They have a special court for that. And they almost always benefit, uh, you know, the left. And uh, but it is good to see 
uh, a lot of these decisions um, that are being uh, bad, a lot of bad decisions that are being overturned. And uh, we hope it continues. And it's all, all, always nice to see uh, the left angry because they're always angry no matter what. Uh, but they're especially angry when the Supreme Court makes a decision in favor of liberty. It really bothers them. So um, we have a, a, I have a few books that, uh, now we sell books on Amazon and uh, also on our Facebook, well, my face, personal Facebook page. I haven't posted any in, in a few weeks, but as we get donations. And um, there's some great, but there's always so many great books out there. And uh, it's something that, I don't say it's a lost art, uh, the art of reading, but it's not as much, it's not as um, popular as it used to be, and uh, it, we need to get back to it. And there's just so many good things out there. One of a uh, book that just uh, kind of came my way, I was going through some, you know, I was consolidating and going through, and I found this as bi a brief biography of Sigmund Freud. It's it just called Freud by R.J. Rushdoony. Reverend Rush Dooney, the late Reverend Rush Dooney, was uh, the nation's premier Calvinist. And I met his son, Mark. I did not, did not know Rush Dooney, but uh, our late friend, Sam Blumenfeld. Uh, Sam was uh, Sam called Rush Dooney, so I was a spiritual father uh, and a real mentor to him. And I think Rush Dooney learned a lot from Sam, uh, although he was pretty up on it. Um, and it's great. So I'm just going to read uh, read the back. Why read a book on Freud? Because Freud is one of the most destructive men in Western civilization. People, oh, he was a psychiatrist. You know, it's the big deal. As long as a man views guilt as a problem for science instead of religion, the influence of Sigmund Freud will remain lurking in the minds of the modern man. Freud was an architect of the modern mind, an unholy builder like Marx and Darwin. Freud was also a hater of religion, specifically the Bible, and its absolute standard. He believed biblical theism to be the delusion which compounded man's central problem of guilt. Freud wanted man to accept his moral predicament without reference to sin. Freud's motivation for psychoanalysis became the removal of guilt by self-acceptance, he posited that man's moral predicament was inescapable and guilt inevitable unless man could come to terms with his moral prison. This ideology has spawned the new morality of our time, where both the homosexual and Christian must accept and embrace in a moral lifestyle. It is now called mental sickness for the homosexual to condemn himself and evidence of mental illness for anyone to condemn the homosexual. This is a destructive ethic consistent with Freud seeing himself as a destroyer. His purpose was to disassociate guilt from sin, making it a problem for science rather than faith. Through so this uh, revision, Freud hoped to destroy religion, but the removal of Christian religious influence leads only to tyranny as the Christian God is replaced by the dictatorial rule of the scientific elite. Totalitarianism assumes the place of the triune God as scientific rulers seek control over every facet of life. Freud's therapy was scientific socialism, a synchronism of the scientific and political agendas of modern man. This analysis of one of history's most insidious players will provide insight into the modern rush to abolish Christianity and biblical thought. And this book was published, let me see, though, I think that was the 1980s or 90s, and it's still in print, the Chalcedon Foundation, uh, you can just go there. Uh, it's two, it was uh, two, 1965. 
But you see how, how far ahead he was. We looked at the COVID uh, restrictions as an example of the science. And the di- di- we had a dictatorship. They closed churches. They cl- and the, what was it? The governor of New York, Cuomo, said, we're closing the synagogues. Enough. <laughs> we're closing the synagogues. And instead of saying, you anti-Semite, he was praised for it. He got awards for it. You may, I mean, that it was when the Nazis did it, that was something you'd be just to hate it, rightfully so. But when, when he did it, he was cheered for it. You know, and, and so they closed churches. They kept the big box doors open because that's where all the investments were. That's big business. Uh, I put up uh, I, I put up uh, something on my Facebook page a few days ago. Um, we big government, big business, big pharma, and now we have big sodomy and how they all work together. So, and but it was Freud. The, the concept of if you felt guilty about something, Freud considered that you had some religious upbringing. You go to a psychiatrist today i'm not a big fan of them uh even the, i mean i don't i'm not a fan of any of the secular psychiatrists even some of the christian psychiatrists but that's another topic but they'll say they'll ask you do you go to church did you go to parochial school ah that's the problem you have guilt and it's based on your upbringing you don't need to have the guilt it's not you there's no reason to be guilty if you had sex out of wedlock or you were unfaithful to your wife or to your husband yeah don't feel guilt about it. In fact, they'd encourage you. Hey, maybe you can hey, let's have sex right here in the office. That's how evil they are. And the goal is to do, and they've been very successful. They're not going to be they're not going to be ultimately successful. And the, the the word of God tells us that that the gates of hell shall not prevail. But they're making a lot of inroads. And you and you have Christians thinking this way. You have Christians flying Black Lives Matter banners and uh, rainbow flags on their churches and change their doctrine and they end up, they don't want to say uh, our father, they want to be gender neutral and all this crazy stuff. That is an evidence of the success of people like Freud. And uh, they have a, on page five, it goes into his, the Freud, the man. And they said, well, he was sort of puritanical. No, he wasn't puritanical in the sense that while, uh, while he wasn't promiscuous, he didn't have sex with a hundred women. He was faithful to his wife. It was his own choice. It's, he said, no, don't, don't, don't think that I'm, don't think that I, uh, you know, I'm some kind of prude. No, I, this is me. He said, but go ahead and do your thing. It doesn't matter. So just because his, I mean, Obama, as far as we know, he's been married to Michelle. Um, I know he probably was a homosexual prostitute when he was in Hawaii, according to uh, a schoolmate of, uh, of his. Um, he cleaned up his act a little bit. And uh, as far as we know, he didn't have any affairs outside of Michelle, uh, you know, after he married Michelle. That doesn't mean he's a prude. <laughs> you know, he, that and then, and then, and then, you know, Biden's a well, you know, Biden isn't exactly above reproach in that regard, but uh, he was dating Jill. Um, well, Jill was still married, um, not a good thing, right? And we know his, his, he likes to sniff hair and fondle young children, females, that is. Uh, he took, he took showers with his daughter when she was 11, I think, or at least a little, a little too old. And it's one thing to be an infant, you know, <laughs> taking a, taking a bath with it, with an infant, but taking a shower with a, a, a girl like that, that's despicable. You know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so 
And of course, Biden, I, I used to refer to them as moral anarchists because um, that's what they're advocating. And, and that's the, and there's nothing but misery in their wake, misery and totalitarianism. How, how is this a good thing? You know, I don't get it. Um, there's another book that's been out for a few years. It's called The Health Hazards of Homosexuality. It's put out by Mass Resistance. And um, we've been friends with the founder for many years, um, Brian Kamaker. And it is, um, it's really, it's a comprehensive book, Mental Health and Physical Health. Uh, and it, it, it can be a little disgusting. It's hard to, uh, you know, some, but you have to be honest when you want to address this stuff since um, this, the life, this lifestyle or death style has been so widely accepted by people and embraced and promoted. Uh, what are the health hazards of it? The health hazards of uh, being unfaithful in a heterosexual marriage uh, are, are great, you know, be, uh, get all kinds of diseases and, it's uh, let's see how many pages it's well there's a lot of footnotes and uh, i think there's five over 500 pages plus all kinds of footnotes but um and it was published uh i think in 2000 and let's see 2016 and one of the endorsers of the book is a doctor whom I know. Uh, oh, Paul Church. Paul Church was a um, was a doctor in Massachusetts, and because I think it was what hospital was it? Uh, Beth Israel Hospital. And this was over ten years ago. He sent out when Beth Israel was endorsing the homosexual uh, gay pride. He sent out a email to his colleagues and saying, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. You know, there are health hazards, you know, where we're, we, we, you know, we're supposed to be medical people. Oh, they shut him down and they fired him over it. It was amazing. Here was a doctor trying to warn his other doctors. Hey, we can't promote something like this and be good doctors. Oh no. Big sodomy had its way and he was fired. John Diggs, he's, he, 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 he's a doctor that lives in Western Massachusetts. He's, he's someone that I got, I've got to know. He's a real, uh, He's like almost like a Ben Carson type. I really, I really like him. He's a good guy, and you can find this book. I think it's been banned on Amazon. You, you can buy Mein Kampf. You can get Communist Manifesto, but you can't get books like this, The Health Hazards of Homosexuality. So, Mass Resistance. Um, you can go to their website and probably order it there. MassResistance.org or dot com, I believe. And. Uh, and again, um, people don't know these things because uh, the people that should teach us and tell us these things don't want us to know this because they hate you because they want to destroy this country or because they're cowards. Most people are just moral and physical cowards. They're afraid to speak the truth, so they don't say a word. It's like a lot of churches, they Bible-believing churches, they don't fly the rainbow flag, but they don't say anything about it because they're a little worried that they're going to, they're going to lose people or maybe somebody who uh, puts a lot in the collection plate has a gay child or gay, a gay relative and will offend them. Well, you know, Jesus offended a lot of people, but uh, I'd rather offend people than uh, not say something when they're in sin. I'm sure if that member of that church was taking money of the collection plate, They'd say, that's stealing. That's a violation of one of the commandments of God. You can't do that. Or you better give 10%. That's tithing. That's 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 not right if you don't give 10% of everything you have. Oh, but when it comes to uh, homosexuality, they don't want to talk about that, you see. So they're going to have to, 
oh, they're going to be destroyed. That's the bottom line. There is no middle ground. There's no common ground with the with big sodomy. They will roll over you big time uh, they, if they can. And there's so much pushback this last, last year. It's uh, this last June and going going into July. It was it was really good to see. Uh, and so they're pulling back, not because they think they're wrong, but because they're losing billions of dollars if it's a business if they've gone too far. And we just need to, uh, and, you know, we also, well, we do need revival. I mean, you can push back, you can boycott and do all these things. It's all good. But you've got to change the hearts and minds of people. And that can only be done through, in my opinion, through the Holy Spirit, through acceptance of Jesus Christ as your Savior and uh, renounce your, your your lifestyle, your past sins. And that can, that can happen. And uh, we see we see signs of that. And uh, but we have to we have to occupy till he returns. That's the um, that's the, that's the scripture that uh, we uh, we are. And that's sort of comforting to me because uh, a lot of times we, uh, there's another passage is be, be not weary in well-doing because a lot of times you think, geez, it's worth it. I'm doing all this stuff and things are only going to get worse, only seem to get worse. Uh, but that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells occupants and do not be weary in well-doing. Uh, anyway, we're running out of time. Thank you for listening to Camp Constitution Radio with your host, Hal Shirtliff. And until next week, may God richly bless you.